The parent tells their child to clean up their toys. The child in response nods their head, saying, okay, mommy. And then they walk out of the room without picking up a single toy. The police academy student learns tactics and strategies in his classes preparing to be a policeman. He even is the top student in his class. He passes the academy and goes on to use none of the things he was taught. All of the tactics and strategies he learns leave his mind and he just wings it as a policeman. A person sits down looking through their cookbook, finds a recipe they were looking for and they read it entirely, they read it thoroughly, understanding all the difficulties and all the tricks to make it successful. They shut the book and they don't make the recipe. Would you say any of these truly listened? The child is the no-brainer. He did not listen as he ultimately did not obey. But the police student or the person that, that read the recipe in the cookbook, they may have taken in the things that they were taught and read, but they did not ultimately listen as they did not use what they learned. True listening is doing. True listening is obeying. True listening is taking what is heard and putting it into effect. Otherwise, we should ask, is there any use? Is there any benefit? What comes from just hearing and not doing anything about it? Today, we find this same principle in the Word of God. True listening is doing. True listening to the scriptures means that you do what the scriptures say. Our text for today is James chapter 1, and we'll specifically be looking at verses 22 and 25 of the verses that uh, Pastor Herb just read for us. James 1, 22 through 25 will be our specific focus for this morning. And the theme of these verses is our listening to the word of God cannot end with just hearing but we must go one step further and do what it says. Our listening to the word of God cannot end with just hearing, but we must go one step further and do what it says. Last week's passage ended by saying, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. James ended our passage last week by calling Christians to accept the word of God, to, to look at it as a teacher, to not think they are beyond it or, or to think that you don't need its guidance, but to be good listeners of the word of God. He calls them to do so, so that they may live a, a life that is apart from sin. He says, therefore, put away all, all filthiness and rampant Wickedness. He, he's saying, look to the word of God, which will help you live apart from these things. Where James turns in our passage this morning is further defining what is meant by receive with meekness the implanted word. Did he mean just listening with our ears, sitting down and, and reading the word of God? Is that all that he was talking about? Listening to it as it is preached and taught, memorizing it? Is that it? Is that all James meant by receive with meekness the implanted word? Does being a good listener to the word of God mean more than just opening up our ears? 
That is what our passage lays out this morning. What does it truly look like to receive with meekness this implanted word? So our passage this week very much so is a continuation of our passage from last week. That's why I had Pastor Herb read from 18 on as we see the, the word of God is talked about there. And then our passage definitely talked about it last week and it continues this week. We really could have taken these verses all together uh, in just one sermon. But last week's passage was loaded with things that I wanted to deal with separately. Um, and then this week as well. So I decided to take them up apart or uh, deal with them in two separate messages, but our passage today is answering, what does it look like to receive with meekness the implanted word? What does it fully and really look like to listen to the Bible? That is the question of our passage this morning. What does it fully and really look like to be a good listener of the word of God? So let's look at our passage, and we'll work our way through uh, these verses in the order that, that James works through them. If you look with me first at James 1, verse 22. James 1, 22 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So James begins this passage by first answering, What must we do? Look with me again at the first phrase of verse 22. He says, But be doers of of the word. James is very simply speaking of action. He is talking about putting the word of God into practice. He's talking about living it out in one's life. He's talking about applying the Bible to your life. What it commands, you do. What it says, you strive for. What it lays out for the Christian, you seek to incorporate within your life. Then James answers what we must not do. If you look again at James 1.22, he tells us what we should do and then what we shouldn't do. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. By hearing, James is speaking of taking in the word of God with our ears. Okay, He says hearing. This also can apply to us seeing it with our eyes if you're, if you're reading it. So it's Talking about taking in the word of God either with your ears or with your eyes, you're receiving the word of God. Throughout this message, I'll often just refer to it as hearing, but this doesn't count out just reading it, uh, taking it in with our eyes. James is talking about being made aware of what the Bible says. So when he talks about hearing, he's simply talking about you're being made aware in some way, shape, or form of what the word of God says. But I want to address a clarification by stressing doing in the first part, James is in no way, shape, or form diminishing hearing or taking in the word of God with our ears and our eyes. He's not saying forget about reading, forget about hearing God's word preach, you don't need to study God's word. That's not the case at all, as you would not be able to to know what you should do if that's the case. So he's not saying throw away reading, throw away listening to messages, because ultimately you would have no clue what to do from the word of God if that was the case. So he's not diminishing those things, but as I said in the theme, he's saying take it one step further. So rather he's showing that you must go beyond it. We must take another step forward beyond just listening to God's word with our ears. He's saying hearing is the first step in the process which leads to another step. It's not the only step. As he says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Hearing is just the beginning. It's not the end. 
James is saying, take in God's word and then apply it. Listen to God's word with your ears and then act on it. Read it, then do it. Hear it, preach, then practice it. That is what the message is of this passage. As our theme said, our listening to the word of God cannot end with just hearing, but we must go one step further and do what it says. In the rest of the verses, James really fleshes this out. He elaborates or expands on this pretty simple uh, message that we find in these first two phrases. And James begins by doing so by giving us the result if you do not do as he commands. So look with me again at James 1.22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. And then I want us to consider this phrase, deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You are fooling yourself if you just listen to the word of God and stop there. You're misleading yourself to think you are doing what you should, but are not. That is what James means here by saying, deceiving yourselves. If you are only hearers and not doers too, then it is an act of deception against yourself. You think you are good just to listen. Okay? You think you are fulfilling your Christian mandate by, by just showing up to church. Taking in the message, nodding your head, saying to the preacher, good message. And then you walk out those doors and it's gone. You think you're conducting yourself in a godly way by each morning getting up early to get in 30 minutes of Bible reading, making your way through the Bible in a year, but you get up from reading each morning, and what you have just read takes no effect in your life. So the result of just listening to the Word and it having no further impact in your life is that you think you're fine, you think you're honoring the Lord, when you are not, you have been tricked by yourself. That is what James is saying here by saying, deceiving yourselves. You're tricking yourself. You're fooling yourself. So James gave a result, and now he further explains this with an illustration of, of looking into a mirror. Okay, something we all do. So look with me at the next two verses, and we'll look at James's illustration that he begins. James 1, 23 through 24. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. So the point here is to compare the, the, moment, the momentariness or the unimpactfulness of someone who looks in a mirror Connecting that to someone who only hears the word of God. Okay, and I want to consider several points of connection between this person that looks in the mirror and the person that only hears the word of God. The first is the man's look. Look with me at verse 23 again. James says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently. Who looks intently. This phrase, looks intently, is not just a glance. It's not just a quick look, but it's a careful look. It's a contemplative look. The man looks into the mirror, and, and he really considers what he looks like. He takes in his appearance. And here I believe this is to be connected with the one who hears the word. It clarifies that he is not just reading the word, but has been zoned out the whole time, 
nor is he sleeping through the sermon, nor has he been listening, but in an uninterested way. No, the man who hears the word that James is talking about here, that he hears it, is someone who's interested. They'd be the person saying amen throughout the message. They'd be the person taking notes. They'd be the person tuned in the whole time, reflecting and considering the things that have, have been said. They are listening closely. They are taking in every single word that they're listening to, that they're reading. James is talking about someone in our passage this morning that we would, nor that we would normally really respect. Someone that as we see them taking notes, we'd think, man, they're really paying attention. The second connection with this illustration between the man who looks in the mirror and, and the person that's hearing is again found in verse 23, and I'll read it again till we get to the, the part. It says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a de doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. Okay, I want to look at this phrase, or think about this phrase, at his natural face. At his natural face is, or the natural face is, is talking about what he really looks like. Nothing has been done to his face, no makeup, no treatments. It's how he really looks. Blemishes, scars, pimples, scraggly beard, hair a mess. This is what he views as he looks in the mirror, his natural face. Here the connection with James's point seems to be that looking at your natural face in a mirror and seeing what needs to be fixed, what needs to be addressed, what needs cleaned up, relates to the Word of God being convicted of your sin. You read the Word of God or you hear it, hear it taught, and you're challenged in areas you need to change. How, you're, how you haven't been trusting God, how you've been living selfishly. You look into the Word of God and you are confronted. And I lean towards this connection since James did not just say face, okay, he didn't just say he looked at his face, but he specifies speaking of his natural face, just talking about his plain face before anything has been done to it. Even if James did not mean to make this connection, this certainly could be a lesson that's drawn from this passage. And then the third connection is what the man does after he looks in the mirror. Okay, if you look at verse 24. It says, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. So the man looks intently. He certainly takes in, in how he looks. But the result is he walks away and he immediately disregards what he just saw. This too is where I believe we can see the connection that this man saw things that needed to be addressed in the mirror. But when he walked away from it. He did not remember. He didn't fix those things. His hair needed combed, but he doesn't comb it. He has dirt on his face, and he does, doesn't wash it. Okay, you might be able to relate to a time in your life where you looked in the mirror around your house, and you think, boy, I need to fix my hair. Well, you move on to other things. Something else grabs your attention, and you go to do those things, and then you end up a couple hours later in a public setting, and all of a sudden, you realize uh-oh, I forgot to address my hair. He sees the imperfections and things that need to be addressed and does nothing to address them. So at the very least, the point here with this third connection that James is making is that he forgets about his appearance. 
And so too, the person who only hears God's word and then forgets and does not do anything with the word of God leaves and they forget about all that they, they had just taken in. And if that's the only point in connection James is seeking to make with this connection, then it shows the foolishness and ridiculousness of walking away from God's word, hearing it, but doing nothing about it. Just like the one who walks away from the mirror and just completely forgets his appearance. How foolish, how ridiculous that is. Who does that? But at, at the most, and I think the point that James is making, is to show that just like a mirror reveals imperfections, things that need cleaned up, so too the word of God does so, and James shows that only hearing the word and doing nothing about it, like seeing things that need tidied up in a mirror and walking away and doing nothing about it. You don't address the sins that are revealed. You don't change what the word of God shows needs to be changed in your life. That is what happens when you are just a hearer and not a doer. So as we consider these, these first three verses in our passage and consider hearing only, only listening with our ears, only taking in the word of God with no doing, no impact, I'm worried that we can so easily fall into this as Christians. Okay, if you think about what James is saying here and you think about your life, when you read, when you listen, to sermons, to, to Sunday school lessons, to Bible studies, we can so easily fall into being hearers and not doers. Week in and week out, we hear sermons. Last week, our anger was addressed in James. Did you address your anger this past week? Did you intentionally walk into situations that you knew your anger could get out of control, realizing that you need to watch it, you need to be careful, Last Sunday evening, we were challenged from the book of Exodus to share our faith. As Moses had been sent, we're sent too. God has sent us out as witnesses. Did you share the gospel this week? Week in and week out, we hear sermons. But is that all it is? Hearing. Just hearing. It is an event that takes place in this sanctuary but has absolutely no impact outside of this place. Your mind was entertained. It was an academic exercise. You learned things. You were convicted, but you are dismissed, and the word of God is dismissed out of your mind and makes absolutely no impact upon your life. We attend Bible studies throughout the month. We attend Sunday school. You may listen to, to Christian podcasts, teaching, or discussing the Bible. You may read find and sound Christian books, you take them in, fully engaged, it's enjoyable, but you move on to something else and you're not changed for the better. The application points are not put into practice. What you learn goes out of your mind. It was nice in the moment, but with no lasting value. You're diligent in reading the scriptures each day, checking off that day's Bible reading. You learn, you see connections you've never made before, one of the passages specifically addresses trusting in the Lord in a difficult situation. Later that day, you face a difficult situation and you trust in yourself. You do not pray to the Lord, and for that matter, you don't think about him at all. In saying all of this, I do want to be clear that this is not completely saying that we shouldn't strive for knowledge 
or try to understand and know our Bibles better, but these things cannot be an end in and of themselves. It needs to have an impact upon our lives. It needs to have an effect, not just that we know a lot about our Bible or that we have a lot of verses memorized or that we know all the kings in order, all the plagues in order, or the days of creation. These things can be good and beneficial, but if we stop there, if they're just used to help us win a Bible trivia contest, they don't lead us to godly living. They need to lead us to a better understanding of God and how he's worked in the past. They need to impact the way we live and think and view the world around us. You can know a lot about the Bible. You can have a lot memorized. You may have never missed a Sunday. You may be able to spout off Bible trivia answers quickly. But this does not make you godly. This does not equate to doing what is right in the eyes of God. If this knowledge does not lead to doing, if the verses memorized do not remind us of how we should live, if the stories have not better shaped our understanding of God and led us to have a greater trust or relationship with Him, then it's useless. And even more than useless, as James said, it's deceptive. You are deceiving yourselves. You think you're doing well when you're not. James makes clear in this passage that by receiving with meekness the implanted word, he was not just talking about doing something with your ears or doing something with your eyes, but he was talking about action, impacting your lives, transforming how you talk, changing how you relate and respond to others, causing you to do certain things. It's not just listening, but it's more. Make sure you walk away this morning knowing if these messages make no impact on your life as you live outside these doors, then they are useless. Make sure as you walk away this morning knowing that if your Bible reading does not change the way you live or change the way you think or shape, shape your perspective, then it's useless. You're believing a lie. Don't believe it. Don't just hear, but do. And this is where we move as we come to our next verse. James expands on the proper response to God's word. Look with me at James 1.25. James 1.25. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So James begins verse 25 with two descriptions of the word of God. James says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty. James continues his illustration in one sense, so he, he kind of comes back or, or just continues this illustration of the mirror as he talks about looking. He says, but the one who looks. So he kind of continues this, this thought of the man who looks in the mirror to the person that looks to the word of God. But then he speaks of God's word as the perfect law and as the law of liberty. And as we think about how James has spoken about God's word, the, the phrases or the titles that he's given it so far, in James 1.18, he said, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. James 1.21, he said, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. And then now in James 1.22, he said, But be doers 
just simply of the word. All of these are ways of speaking of God's word, and especially in verse 18, he speaks particularly of the word that is the gospel, God's way of salvation. So we've seen how God's word is the tool by which we can become saved. He uses the gospel to bring us to a saving knowledge of him. We saw last week that this tool is also used to help us to live a life that is apart from sin and after the ways of God. And now here in our passage, James is speaking of the law. So when he says the perfect law and the law of liberty, he's not bringing these Christians back to following every single law of the Old Testament, but rather he's seeking to emphasize the commands that God had given in the scriptures, that God has laid out in his word that now he, he desires his people to live by, to, to follow these commands. James speaks of this law in the next chapter. If you just turn a chapter over with me to James chapter 2, and I want to read for us verses 8 through 12 as, as James talks about some of these Old Testament commands, stressing again what needs to be followed, and we even see some of the same terminology that we use in our passage, James 2, and I'll begin at verse 8. He says, If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you're committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, Do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. So James shows there is an expectation for Christians that we are to be following the commands of the law of God. Okay? He shows that as, as he speaks about these commands, both in our passage and this passage as well, he shows that they are to be kept, and that is what he's stressing by using this, this phrase for the word of God, the law. But again, we see here in verse 12 of chapter 2, and then in our passage in verse 25, he says the perfect law, and then in these two passages, he refers to the word of God as the law of liberty. What does he mean by liberty, or what does he mean by freedom here? That this is a freeing law, a freeing word. When you think of law, you think don't think freedom. You think of being bound to something, something that you have to follow, something that you, you have rules that you are stuck to. But James is not talking about liberty or freedom to do whatever you want, whatever you wish, but I believe he's talking about freedom to live after the ways of God. Last week we looked at Jeremiah 31, seeing how James's phrase, the implanted word, seems to be referring to this passage and now the law of liberty, the concept of freedom to follow the word of God, freedom to, to live after the ways of God, I believe, is found in this passage as well. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34 says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke. Though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. 
And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. So in this first part of verse 25, by referring to the word of God as the perfect law and the law of liberty, James is speaking of the word of God and especially highlighting the commands of God. The commands that God has given within it and stressing the freedom that it gives to the Christian to follow the word of God. As we move on in verse 25, we see that James elaborates on what truly listening to the word of God looks like. Look with me at James 1.25 again. It says, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. This word perseveres here in verse 25 is, is a new word for our passage And it brings up a new idea. The thought with perseveres is remaining, continuing, continuing on in something, keeping on. And in connection with the forgetting, he says, perseveres being no hearer who forgets. And I believe part of what James is saying by perseveres is that you continue, you remain in the word even after hearing it. That it doesn't leave you. You don't forget about it. You don't walk out the doors of the sanctuary and the message you just heard is history. But you continue to maul over it. You continue to think about it. You reflect about how you could put it into practice. Those notes that you took don't just stay nicely in that journal to never be visited again. But throughout the week you look at them to remind yourself of what you learned. You keep in mind the things that you heard from the word of God. That is what James means by persevering, that the word remains with you. You continue considering the word of God that you heard with your ears. You don't forget it, but you continue to remember it. That's for you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 1. So just keep your finger, there, finger here. Turn with me to the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 1, and children and teens, if you're at this level of Embark, our memorization program, you may actually have this passage memorized that maybe you don't even have to flip there. But I want us to look at Psalm chapter 1 as I want to relate the next couple of points from verse 25 to Psalm 1. And I want to read for us Psalm 1, 1 through 3. So turn with me to Psalm 1, and I'll begin reading at verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So, Stay here for a moment, and just as I said, keep your finger in James as we're going to be referring back and forth to it, but it's that middle verse that I want us to to connect to this this word that we find in James, perseveres. It's the middle verse, verse 2, that relates to the word perseveres as it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night saying that this this man, this, this person that is blessed, this man or woman is pleased with God's word. 
God's law, and he continues to consider it. It's on his mind. He's thinking about it. He's meditating on it. As it says, he meditates on it during the day and even at the no- during the night. That is how it remains with you. That is how you can continue in what you have heard. So as you walk out these doors this morning, be thinking about the message. As you drive home, as you have some quiet time this afternoon, maybe before you take a nap, As you drive to work tomorrow, as your kids are napping, as you're preparing a meal, as you're doing laundry, as you're exercising, think on the message that was preached today. Think on the message that you heard in Sunday school. Think on the message or think on the words that you read in in the Bible this morning. Take it with you. Don't let it stay there on the page or in this sanctuary, but bring it along in your mind and meditate on it day and night. So keep your finger here. Turn back to James with me when I want to move on to the next phrase, and then we'll be back in Psalm 1. So James expands on what it looks like to truly listen, and he speaks first of of remaining in the Word of God after it's heard, and then he speaks of not leaving it behind, but turning it into activity. Look with me at James 1.25. But the one who looks into the perfect law the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. James says a doer who acts. Acts, literally, is responding in activity, responding in deed, responding in action. So it's a process that James displays here. First, hearing with your ears, or seeing with your eyes as you're reading. Second, keeping that word in your mind, remembering it, bringing it, bringing your mind back to it. And now third, turning it into action. Doing good works or deeds, doing what the passage commanded, living out the lessons and principles that you learned with the hearing. When our sin is revealed in a message, we need to change something. Pure conviction is not enough. When we're commanded to do something in our Bible reading, it's not enough to just be reminded we are to do that but we're to do it. When we're confronted with who God is in Bible study, it's not enough to just think that's an intriguing point, but we must go further, and it should make an impact upon our lives and how we view God and live our lives. So if you turn back now to Psalm 1, I want us to see how this is here as well. Psalm 1, and I'll read it again, but it's especially in verse 3 that we find this idea of activity of deed, of doing. It says in Psalm 1, verse 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. And then here's the phrase I want us to connect or consider, that yields its fruit in its season. That yields its fruit in its season. It's giving us a picture of a tree, and it, um, it's specifically a picture of a tree that has been uh, planted by streams of water. It's been watered, it's growing, and now it produces fruit. Produces fruit. And the picture here is of fruit being produced or, or activity being produced by the Word of God in our lives. We've meditated on it. We've delighted on it. And now we're acting on it. There's fruit. Something is produced by the Word of God. 
So we learn that our hearing must lead to activity. Our reading must lead to doing. This is true listening. Truly listening to the Word of God is far more than gaining knowledge, being intrigued with a sermon, reading for 30 minutes a day in our Bible reading, but truly listening to the Word of God must involve action, acting upon what you got from the Word of God. And now the last thing I want us to consider from verse 25. For you to flip back to James 1.25, and we'll be back to Psalm 1 one more time. James 1.25, the very last phrase, we are, we're given the result. We are given the result of the person who just heard and didn't do. Now we're given the result for the person that, that does the word of God. It says in James 1.25, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, will be blessed in his doing. Back in James 1.12, we found something else that you are blessed in. It said in James 1.12, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Okay, we wouldn't usually think of someone who is someone as blessed, who experiences hardship, but James shows that they are blessed as they receive the crown of life, if they persevere through it. Now in our passage, we find the one who obeys the word of God is blessed. He's in a favorable, favorable position. He's in a privileged position. He will be blessed as he reaps the consequences of living a life after God's ways. Not having to deal with the consequences of sin and pain and guilt of sin. Knowing he's following the Lord's ways. And as I said, going back to Psalm chapter 1. One last time, we see this aspect of blessing twice. Psalm 1, we see it at the very beginning and at the very end. It says, blessed, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So we find this blessing for the person that resists sins. Sin doesn't follow the way of sinners, but follows the way of God, meditates on it, acts on it, will be blessed. Will life be free from suffering and issues for the one who follows the word of God? Will every one of their dreams come true? No. That's not the type of blessing or prospering being spoken about here. But the one who hears and then does the word of God will be blessed in life as they're kept from the devastating results of sin. And they'll be blessed in the life to come. So as we end, you may hear me at times as I, as I preach, as I teach. I like to, to use the word application throughout or at the end of a sermon. Application is an act of putting something to use. So in my case, I'm showing you what the application should be. I'm showing you how you should apply this, how you should follow this, how you should practice the Word of God. I use the word application, or I try to make it abundantly clear what our response should be from a particular message because of, because of, 
a passage like ours today, which teaches the necessity of responding to the word of God with action by doing it. But as you think about this word application, okay, I said how I use it, okay, I use it to show you how to apply these things. Application goes both ways. I may show it, I may teach it, I might speak of it in a passage to show how it should be used, but that's only half the equation. The other half is that you must apply it. Also myself, as I'm learning from, from this sermon, but you must apply it. You making application of that passage is the other half of the equation. You putting it into practice. You doing what you learn from it. So our passage today teaches us to make sure that all messages have application in your life. Don't let it be a message with no application. Our Bible reading must be applied. Our Bible studies, our Christian books, Christian podcasts with Christian teaching must be made use of in our lives. Apply them. Live out the word of God. Obey it. That is what it looks like to be a good listener of the word of God. Let's pray. Lord, I simply pray that for us individually, but also as a church, as a whole, collectively, that we would be doers of the word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.